I had taken my work home like I always do, but I forgot to take it back to work. You know, one of those situations. Yeah, because you love it so much. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, I think one time you called me, it was like six o'clock and I was still working and you, <laughs> you are definitely still drawing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, people that like their work, this is just the life we have. That's right. You can call anytime because we're probably still working or probably still awake. Exactly. I've had full-on conversations with people on Teams at like one in the morning because they're still working. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that's not that's not going to be me anytime soon. Okay, not you. Yes. Welcome to the EBFC Show, the easier, better for construction podcast. I'm your host Felipe Engineer Manriquez. This show is all about the business of construction. This episode is sponsored by Bosch Refine My Site is a cloud-based construction collaboration platform that applies lean principles to enable your entire team to plan, communicate, and execute in real time. It's the digital tool that works in tandem with your last planner system process and puts it all together in one simple collaborative ecosystem. This easy-to-use platform is available in English, German, Spanish, Portuguese, and French and can be used on desktops, tablets, and mobile devices. According to Spencer Easton, scheduling manager at Oakland Construction, Refine My Site, in my opinion, is the best, leanest tool on the market for the last planet. Here's what our users have to say. We've looked at three other digital scheduling platforms and none compare to the straightforward approach Refine My Site takes. From milestone planning all the way down to daily tasks, this program gives every general contractor and their trade partners meaningful collaboration, accountability, and KPIs. Register today to try Refine My Site for free for 60 days. Today's episode is sponsored by Construction Accelerator. The design and construction industries come up with and build great things, but we also build in waste in how we do those things, in our interactions, in our contracts, in our logistics. So what does this do for our bottom line or our next project? The best firms maximize their value by removing that waste and only doing what's essential to the work, what makes them money. Construction Accelerator will train you to see the waste and give your teams the lean tools and experience to remove it immediately, all online. Construction Accelerator is made up of three to nine minute videos that can be watched again and again in the field, at the office, and at home, all broken down by topic. Need to learn pool planning? We have videos on the process, how to set up a room, and how to kick off a team. Need to set up a target value delivery project? We discuss all the aspects of TVD, especially cost. Or maybe you just need to brush up on 5S. Well, we have videos on that as well. You can download and print reference materials to use on site to immediately translate watching into doing. Subscribe today at trycanow.com. Let's build an industry, not just a project. Today's show is also sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. LCI is working to lead the building industry and transforming its practices and culture. Its vision is to create a healthy and thriving industry that delivers outstanding project outcomes every time for everyone. Check the show notes for more information. Now, to the show. Welcome to the show, Darlene Cadman. Darlene, I am so excited to have you on this show. It's been forever since the first time I met you. And I don't remember <laughs> what you said, but you had me laughing. I was in tears on mute, laughing my butt off. <laughs> 
and then I, I, I heard that, that north of the border accent, and I just knew we've got a creative on our side. And so could you tell people hello in your best Alberta accent? Well, I don't know if I have enough. I just have my own voice. It's not an accent. It's just what I do. So hello, everyone. Darlene Cadman. I'm an architect. I work with SPS Plus here in Scottsdale, Arizona, but I am from Canada. I am not giving up that passport anytime soon. <laughs> that beautiful red Canadian passport. Is it right? Gotta keep it. Yeah. I think it's yep, red, right? Gotta have it. But it, it's, it's very pretty. Yeah. Just like our money. I've been to Canada a few times. It's a lovely, lovely country. I've been what to... What side of Canada? East or west? Central. Sault Ste. Marie. Okay, that's not central. That's not... Is that considered east? To me, it's considered east. Um, in Canada, I think there's a line on the far side, the east side of Manitoba. There was my northern accent. Right there. That's the line. Everything else is east and everything the other way is west. So there you go. There you go. And I, and I think it's worth noting that I was at a an LCI event earlier this year. And there was, I heard an accent from a mutual <laughs> friend of ours. And I, and I said, I don't want to be that good American that says, hey, you're from Canada. Have you ever been to, uh, what's the name of that town that you were working in last? Red? Red Deer. Red Deer. And as, and he's like, are you going to ask me if I know Darlene? <laughs> I like, yes. He did. He said, are you going to ask me if you it, know Darlene? Yeah, really? it, was, it was something like that. And I get a call from Dion and Dion says, hey, um, can you meet me on this day at 8 a.m.? And I've got a client who wants to talk about IPD. Can you join me for that call and talk about the merits of IPD? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, yeah, it'll be at 8 a.m. And I'm like, Ugh eight in the morning oh my god but you've been drawing since right? midnight like, so yeah yeah so i said sure but it was a fake project because the date he picked was my birthday and i didn't say anything i'm like yeah okay sure so i get on the call and he's like oh hey and then there's all these people from canada my birthday on a team's call it was the sweetest thing i totally enjoyed it wow that's awesome he's very kind Dion. Yeah, powerful Dion. that's the last time i saw him and Dion does not he's not even from canada he's a no very polite South African. He is. Yep. So he we'll is. give him the, there you go. Double, double bells on the international yeah. friends. Darlene's international friends. Let's get, we'll come up with some nicknames for all your friends at party on teams at 8 AM. <laughs> Darlene, you are not always a fan of IPD. And you even sent me a video that I, I love. I love the video, but rather than play the video, why don't you set up the video and just tell, tell people, what your attitude was the first time you heard about integrated project delivery. It was something akin to this. <laughs> um, so it was, I think it was 2015. Great high school project, brand new Greenfield High School. Just the, just the thing I like to sink my teeth in. And about this time, I'd probably been working 18 years in the industry. So I've got a process. I've got it figured out. I know how I like to do my projects. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm ready to go. I've got all my tools in place. I got my team, great client, let's go. You know, I'm in my comfort zone. I've got my blanket of comfort, all the good things that I love. And then somebody comes along and says, you know, we don't really have the current market conditions to be able to do this project with the money we're allocated in Canada. Um, the Alberta government specifically, they say you can build a school that must be this many square meters, not square feet and for this much money and it cannot be more or less square meters and it cannot be more or less than that money so you have very specific parameters and at that time 
the market conditions, the cost of construction was increasing to the point that, you know, there was no way we could deliver the project with the dollars that we had, we felt. So we were talking to the client and Craig had recently, my um, former boss from Group 2 Architecture, Craig Weber, shout out, whoop, whoop. But we're Craig. <laughs> he had recently heard about IPD and I don't even quite remember if he had heard about it from uh, Shandos Construction or if he had been at a conference somewhere and heard about it as well as talked to Shandos about it. But um, he said, hey, we're going to do this IPD thing. We're all going to work together in the same uh same contract model. We're all going to work collaboratively. It's going to be a totally new way of doing things. And I was like, no, hell no. <laughs> I can't start over. I'm an old dog. There's no new tricks. We can't do this now. I just got it figured out. So I was not impressed. I was not excited. And it sounded like this crazy voodoo witchcraft. So needless yeah. to say. I, I think, uh, yeah, if I, if I had the original video up, uh, Darlene said something to the effect of, no, we're not going to do that IPD thing. <laughs> it's more like it was that. It was exactly totally that. Yeah. So it's people. You can find that video on Chandos's website. <laughs> so yes, you can. You can. We might if if somebody makes a comment watching the show, like, can we watch that video? I will absolutely share the link to that video in the show notes. Only if we get the comment. So we're gonna just let the. We're gonna let yeah, the, we'll let the people decide. The people will decide. We'll pull from the audience if they want to hear that. Is, I got to say um, a shout out to to Shandos Construction because they put this um, video series together about the, the process, the IPD process, and had all of us um, come on and speak. He had, you know, tradesmen, the GC, the architect, the owner had us all in there interviewing and our thoughts progressively throughout the process. And it was interesting to see, you know, everybody's like, you can, you can see the way we evolve through it. And they did a great job putting it together. I thought it was really cool. It is really cool. And, and you did, yeah. uh, you did send me a picture of the team. The team collaborated at such a high level that they recognized that you didn't have an equal, uh, standing view of the plans. And what did they make for you? <laughs> they did. We had stand up meetings in, um, the job shack on site and, the table was so high that when I was trying to look at the drawings, not only could I not reach the top of the page, I couldn't see the top of the page. So they made a little wooden box for me to stand on in the job shack when we had our stand up meeting so I could see, <laughs> so I could see everything. It was perfect. I use that thing a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'll put a, I'll put that picture right here so that people could see it. This, uh, yeah. this box and we'll point to it and just imagine they don't actually have a picture of Darlene on the box, but no, imagine, imagine Darlene on it. That. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that my box was there and I used to rush into meetings probably late and jump up on my box. So I was literally on my soapbox, maybe. Yeah. It does kind of <laughs> look like a soapbox. Absolutely does. It kind of. I think actually we got the idea from uh, a box they had built for the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, the microwave was too low or put it in the microwave. Something. Yeah. And I'm like, hey. Yeah. Anyway, it all worked out. Yeah, so that was so 2015. You get bit by the IPD bug. Compliments of right? Chandos, and I think you know we talked before on a phone call, and you were telling me that we have all the same friends. And Marku, Marku Allison, absolutely. I met Marku, and let's give a shout out. Shout out to Marku, Marku, powerful Marku, also doing research in Canada yes. to help the whole construction industry. And 
he was giving a talk in Phoenix, Arizona, blazing hot day. I mean, for him, I could see why he was sweating. And they, <laughs> they made us eat outside, which is like, what? Eating outside in Arizona? No. Rude. Rudeness. In the summer? Was it yeah. in the summer? Yeah, it was in the summer. It might have been the fall, but it's over 80 degrees. That's summer to me. What's funny about that, though, is Felipe, you know, I've mentioned that you're a super fan or that I'm a super fan of you and how much I love this show. And ever since I discovered it, I've been listening to it. I listen to it on my runs. I listen to it while I'm working. I listen to it when I'm drawing. It's ridiculous. I'm always listening to your show. One of the things that has struck me about a lot of the construction people that you talk to is the discussion of why people should or should not join this industry and the discussion of hey, you know, our industry is broken and how can we fix it and how can we make it better? Let's train them young. Let's train them young to respect themselves and others. Respect for people, right? Felipe's right. number one. Number respect one. So let's teach them respect for people and a different way of doing things out of the gate instead of them uh, absorbing all of our bad habits and all of our bad thoughts and all of our negative experiences. Let's have them start on a fresh foot. They come in like this new wave, Darlene. We, we've had some new hires last year and this year, and I am just mm -hmm. blown away at the caliber of the people coming in, the mindsets that this next generation of builders are coming in with. I mean, for them, like everything is just possible. And they hear some, uh, some of the curmudgeons talk about things that they struggle with, and they're like, what struggle? There's no struggle. Right. Like they don't know. They don't have all this baggage. That some of us have, like you, like you said, like they probably watch, you know, a video or hear a show about the industry's broken. They're like, whoa, 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 what am I getting into? They're, yeah, what do you like, mean it's broken? I don't want to start this. Exactly. That crazy. We have right now, Darlene, five generations of people in the industry, which is one of the highest numbers it's, that's ever been. People are staying in longer due to a multitude of reasons. And we've got yeah. to honor, you know, the young people coming in like, hey, people with a little bit of experience. Darlene, with your, at the time, you have 15 years of experience, somehow they cajoled you into trying it new and you did, you did evolve. And, and ladies and gentlemen, Darlene said, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. What'd you say, Darlene? Yes, you can. You can absolutely still learn. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's what we're going to, that's going to be the, the, the call phrase from this show is yes, you can. You can do lean if you're an architect. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Even if you love only designing schools, which you love, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, can do it differently. You can do it differently. There's a different way. I think my curiosity about that and the idea of seeing a different way made me just want to try it anyway. So I am not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. No, you're Got to try something new. Got to do it. One of the innovators in your <laughs> profession, or as you say, profession. Yep. How do you say profession? Profession. Profession. I do say profession. Yeah, you do say profession. I think it's profession. It's profession. Yes, you're bringing agile processes to architecture, <laughs> and I think that is that's something worth you know expanding on for a second. You got in mm -hmm. exposed to Scrum in Congress planning for LCI Link Construction Institute. What brought it to like I want to learn more about this and bring it into my processes? Hmm. Fear of failure. <laughs> Tell me more about that. What do you mean by fear of failure? So what brought me to Scrum and most recently to the, to the master class, right? So I would say that the IPD project that we did for St. Joseph 
and and St. Gregory. Introduced me to concepts of lean planning, last planner system, all of pull planning, all of that. So I got introduced to pull planning and the whole idea of pull planning. And as we worked through the project, we got more and more into it. And I'm sure it was Mark who, who said, hey, you got to read this uh, scrum book by Sutherland. Um, it's got some interesting stuff in it, which I listen to your podcast with uh, Jeff Sutherland as well. Jeff? Oh, That's you right. had both Sutherlands. Yeah, JJ Father and Jeff, father and son, the dynamic duo. Yeah, so I, I've listened to both of those. So I did read the book years ago, and I was like, okay. Um, I was a little overwhelmed about the idea of, you know, it's the the product owner, you know, creating the backlog and always feeding the machine and what are the things that need to be done. And I don't know, it was a little overwhelming to me at the time. And I kind of just filed it away as something like learn for later. <laughs> yeah, and people listening to the show, when you heard Darlene take that breath, I mean, she moved in her chair like 12 inches. So that was like a super big pause. Like there is a ton of information in Jeff's book. Absolutely. He gives the whole backstory. Yeah. It's the book is called the art of doing twice the work in half the time. Yes. And Mark who for telling me to read the book and Mark. So I read the book and I went, Oh wow. That is a lot of information. And, um, I know I can probably apply it, but I'm not really sure how. And you know, I'm just busy doing my work. Um, there's a cartoon. It's a far side cartoon. I think I love far side. And it's, I love it too. I think it's a far side cartoon. And there's these people running by or trying to run by with a wheelbarrow and it has um, square wheels on it. I know that one well. Yes. And they're like, hey, do you want a hand? And they're holding up a round wheel. And they're like, no, no, we're too busy. we got to get this going. And it's like, that was me. That, and that's still me some days. I'm still wandering around on my square wheels trying to push the project ahead. <laughs> but the, the bad anyway, part is, so- Darlene, that even though your cart has square wheels, it will still move forward just with a ton of effort. Right? Yeah, a ton of effort. So I was like, okay, this scrum stuff's interesting. I don't have time to learn that now. (laughs) Clearly, I'll do it later. (laughs) Later seems good. Um, And then um, somewhere along the way, I moved down here to the States. And I've been here for two years and a little bit now. And um, my whole world fell apart because I no longer had the safety and security blanket of knowledge and processes to hold me afloat. And... Damn, you guys do everything differently. It's like it's like we're not even the same country. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, you hold know, on a second. Canadian. What? We're not yeah. even the same country. <laughs> you're not even the same country. How is this possible? You're not the 51st um, state. Oh, we're not the right? How many provinces are in Canada? 10. We're not the 11th province? No, but you're missing all the territories. Oh yeah, all the territories. So when I grew up, there were like 10 provinces and two territories, but then they added some, I'm not even sure what they call them now. <laughs> it's like new math, new geography, new geography, still changing. New geography. But growing up in Canada, I always felt like the States was an extension of us, or we were an extension of them, like that we were connected and similar, you know, we're all democratic societies, all part of North America. It's a little warmer in the South than it is in the North. They think we wander around on dog sleds and live in igloos. You guys spend all your time on the beach wearing flip-flops. I mean, clearly, we're the same. Clearly. So I came down here to Phoenix and started working on projects. And first of all, there's no IPD in schools here. Nope. Where's that record scratch? Not yet. What? No IPD in schools in Arizona? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So when I stopped crying, (laughs) (laughs) I discovered that they use a process down here called uh, construction management at risk. So CMR, CMR. CMR is how they, that's how the Americans say it. CMR. CMR. I know. It took me a while. What are you saying? CMR. What is this CMR thing? I came down here. All the schools are being done with this CMAR process or at risk. And my goodness, you guys go through a lot of hoops just to get a permit or to get things approved through fire. And it's just so different. And even the way that the interaction between the client and the architect, there's just everything was different. Long story short, I came down here and it was the big record scratch. And I was like, I, I came in like a new student or a new hire and I'm all bright eyed and bushy tail, yeah. ready to preach lean and IPD and there's not anything happening. And nobody wants to listen <laughs> to wanted- no audience to listen to you talk about the no. benefits of, of IPD, which is, I mean, for people doing CM at risk, the IPD contract, it sounds scarier than it is, but in reality, it's a cost plus contract where only your yeah. profits at risk. You're not going to lose money which in CMAR, you can absolutely lose money. You can lose money in CMAR all day long and not recover. (laughs) Don't tell anyone that. I'm going to tell people. (laughs) Don't tell people. Okay. All right. I'll I'll think about editing that out. I get down here. Everything's totally different. And I'm all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And I think that, you know, everybody's going to want to let me preach the gospel. But I got lost in the learning and lost in the fear of doing it wrong screwing it up, which I made lots of interesting discoveries and definitely did things wrong, which are forever. I think I have scars from the things I learned. (laughs) So I've learned lots in the past three years. And so now I feel like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little more secure in understanding the process. I've developed a bit of knowledge in how things work here. And so now that I'm on the inside of understanding this, now what can I do? But I came in guns blazing, thinking that everything was going to, you know, happen. Everybody's all going to want to adopt lean and do the things. And well, you can't really do that if you don't know what it is they're doing. So you have to understand what is occurring, what is the process, what is happening so that you can improve from there. So in the past few months, I've been feeling like I'm coming up for air and I can look around and say, oh, okay, I'm actually in it now. I see what's going on. Now I can look for ways to improve. But you're in survival mode. I was in survival mode, I think, for fully two years at least, you know, just trying to stay afloat. And I did, I did not have the room to even look at it, to even consider Scrum, to even consider. I mean, I kept trying, and I, I think I apply a certain amount of it to everything that I do anyways, but to really start capitalizing on this opportunity really has just come recently. So that's why I am now looking at it and trying to incorporate it into everything that I do as much as possible because I'm a bit like you, Felipe, um, or I think you're like me, or maybe we're just the same. And it's hard to stay on task. It's hard to stay focused, especially when you're busy, right? It's it's crazy. It is crazy. Here we are. But I think uh, that makes more sense now, having you in the in the scrum training course, you, you knew a lot more than you let on to sneaky. You were sneaky. I don't think I do. I'm scared to write the test. Cause I don't think I know enough. 
You definitely know enough. And in, in the class for people, I mean, people that don't know this class was incredible. They were pulling ahead. Yeah. Really I mean, we had burned down charts that were just like burned down to a crisp because this, this group was like pulling ahead so much. And I remember listening to some of the, the breakout stuff and where Darlene is, she was Darlene, you're a natural scrum master, just natural. And if you like team captain or scrum master, whatever you prefer, what do you prefer? Darlene? I don't care. Either. Don't even care. So scrum Dar- master. Darlene, scrum master, Cadman. Yeah, it's got a good ring to D-cat. it. Scrum Master. DCAD. Scrum Master Extraordinaire. There's yeah. got to be a sound effect for that. There should be a sound effect for it. <laughs> DCAD. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's the one for sure. You were, you had, in, in the training, you have to act and take different roles on. And right away you were volunteering for things. So like I knew you were, you were on the edge of your chair. It was, it was <laughs> cool to see you engaged. People. Thanks. When you meet Darlene, if you know what Scrum is, you'll see what I see. Natural Scrum Master. No, I don't know. I think maybe I'm just bossy, and I want things to come out a certain way. And so I'll I'll guide, I'll nudge, I'll bark, whatever it takes. Somebody said to me the other day, because I had, we had a deadline that we had to meet, and it was one of those ones you couldn't plan for. It was like something that just came up and smacked us in the face. Sound effect, please. <laughs> God, face smack. <laughs> exactly. It was one of those ones you couldn't plan for. So we had a, and we have a whole bunch of new interns here in the office, which are just fabulous. And so they were helping out. So there's a whole bunch of people sort of working on this, working up to the deadline. And somebody said, what are you, like a border collie running around barking at the dogs, or barking at the sheep? Like, and I'm like, I kind of am actually, <laughs> which is not a good way to do it. That is the opposite of scrum. That was a very poorly led deadline. Well, hold, hold on a second. Border What's collie. That? A border collie is actually a phrase, a servant leader in other spaces like oh. in, in the Myers-Briggs space where they talk about combinations of skill sets or dispositions. And there are people yeah. who created memes. There's a whole meme universe out there online about people acting as border collies. So oh, it's well, kind of fascinating. I might do that. I've, I've been myself also called a border collie. <laughs> so we just have that in common. And the first time I heard it too, I was, this is my effect. Right. I, was I, like, wasn't, I wasn't sure that was a right. good thing. Yeah. It's like, it's not, it doesn't come off as a good thing where you're like, well, if, if Darlene's the border collie, does that make everybody else cattle or sheep? I mean, that Are doesn't, they sheep? Cause that's not good. That doesn't sound good either. And it's not, mm-hmm. we've got to work on and that. And if you're on a respect for people, which we are, if we have right. respect for people, they're not sheeple, they're, they're not. people. Well, I, one of the talents you have, Darlene, is you have this knack to just know what to do next. And I think that's a gift that a lot of people don't have, especially in design where people are need to iterate and be hyper creative. You're balancing mm-hmm. that, you bring in that to your profession where you know how to take action right away. And every mm-hmm. time we've been in meetings and even in the LCI meetings and you're you're out talking about what to do, like I never worry about your report out. Like never once. <laughs> I always know that. I'm never thinking about it, so that's good. Yeah, when your report out happens, I'm already thinking like, yeah, that's that's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Darlene has it done right, and your cards are, 
your Trello skills weren't perfect when we started, but now they're decent. Oh, I had the multi-piece flow, not the one-piece flow. Yeah. I was doing everything at once. She had a, <laughs> her first time that we flipped into the, the filter view and we saw what the volunteer group was doing. I was like, well, according to this Trello, this volunteer group has like seven people simultaneously working on seven different things. I was like, I had to ask you, I had to coach, I had to nudge you in my border collie way and nudge yes. you back to like, what are you actually working on now? Let's move some things back over to to do. <laughs> Oh, you mean I'm not doing all these things? But okay. I've been I've been part of Congress planning teams since 2017 or 16. And this mm -hmm. is the first time that we're sitting in the summer and the volunteer question is already handled. Like you got it fully dialed in. And don't think I didn't notice that you tried logging into the session 30 minutes early. Like noted. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she is ready. It's go time. Yeah, because I'm in one of our conference rooms at the office that we recently made for things like Zoom meetings and whatnot. And this is the only plant that doesn't actually need sunlight. I have no idea how it stays alive. Yeah, fluorescent it's light. It's like architect. It's an architect. <laughs> it doesn't see the light. I just, made, I just had a realization. This plant is basically an architect. Wow. <laughs> so you just have to like water it and ignore it and it'll just make stuff. Yeah, it just makes stuff. Oxygen. Apparently, where we make a lot more waste, but that's another story. No, no, no. <laughs> you can't help but laugh when you play that. It's rude. Oh my god! Well, I mean, you made you made the awesome jokes that just get the audience to get so engaged. I mean, a lot of the people that listen to the show are not architects, so when they hear stuff like that, Darlene, they're inevitably going to laugh out loud a little bit. Right. So, but we love well, the architects. About We're architects, they'll know that it's totally true. No, we respect for people. We need the designers to make the magic that, I mean, taking what a client says and making it real, that's a talent. That's a real gift that a lot of builders don't have. So we definitely need you forever. <laughs> yeah, I think that we do. And just remember, we get it wrong a lot too. People only see the end. They see, you know, the success they see the success of the construction. They see the success of the design, but we fail a lot. There's a lot of places along the way where we have to backtrack, where we have to find where we might not have heard something right or missed out on some coordination piece or whatever it might be. But there is a lot of failure on the road to success, right? Absolutely. It's the whole way there is failing. People don't see the, the mountains of eraser you know, material <laughs> on the ground next to design right. desk. And I mean, that's just the, that's part of the process to use your it vocabulary. Is. Well done process. I've got it dialed in now. I think I always say process now. You have to, it's the best way to say it. The, that's the correct way. Right. Actually, yeah. you know what? I went on Google one day and you know how you can Google a word and then you can click it and then the Siri says it or whatever. Yeah. She says process. Yeah. What's well, the super American? So Siri is Apple and people that are Google are just cringing that you just called Google Siri. That's just, well, I know I'm mixing my things, but you get the idea. I totally get what you're, what you're laying down there. That's right. Notice I talk with my hands. How do you keep an architect quiet? You make them sit on their hands. Well, <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that joke before. That's a good one. It is a good one. I'm, I'm literally, one. I have my hands stuffed under my leg right now so that they're not like, just let them flail around. Let them let those hands free, Darlene. 
There'd be I'm people. I'm a person who always knocks over a drink or somebody's water glass or soup or whatever it is. I have done that all my life. Why did you fall in love with education so much and this particular edu- educational space design? What's your school specialty that you like to go after? Okay, that's a good question. So I think I got into school when I was in school, okay. growing up to be a real architect. People would ask me, like, what are you going to specialize in when you're done? And I'm like, we specialize in things? that happens (laughs) i didn't know anything about the industry i went into this completely blind which is perfect as far as i can tell it's the perfect way to go and i literally fell into schools because the company um that i ultimately got hired for which was also a complete accident um did nothing but schools funny story i'm at the school um i'm at the university i just had a baby. I did my thesis the first week of February and I had my baby the first week of March. Oh my God. So that was Is that baby a Pisces or an Aries? Pisces all the way. There are more of us. (laughs) She's the love of my life. She's just, she's my, she's my everything. And I was back at the school putting my portfolio together to go out and find some work. And there was this guy at the school in the studio and he's wearing a suit. And I look over at him and I'm like, who are you? What are you doing here? You're wearing a suit. Are you looking for someone? I clearly thought the man was lost. Lost, clearly. Um, Clearly. You're wearing a suit in the architecture faculty? Have you lost your mind? So I was very rude to him. And he goes, well, actually, my name is Craig Weber and I'm here looking for people to work for my firm in Red Deer. And I'm like, Red Deer has an architecture firm? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's a town of like, what is it, 500 people live in that town? <laughs> no, it's 100,000 now, but I think at the time it was like 70. It's huge now. Yeah. Uh, I was very rude to him. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm looking to hire people. And I'm looking for interns for the summer. And I'm like, interns? How about full-time staff? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you want to interview me? <laughs> So I insulted him eight ways to Sunday and asked for an interview. And he said, yes, which I thought was interesting. So we hit it off. He thought I was completely sassy, but apparently he likes abuse because he hired me. And um, uh, I worked for group two for 20 years and then I moved to the States. So it was a good find despite our auspicious beginnings. (laughs) that's, That's cool. It is cool. So I started on schools and... I discovered along the way, so this was 1999, which is like forever and a year, forever and a day ago. We got to the point where people started talking about 21st century learning and how can we reallocate space. I've mentioned that in Alberta, the government allocates a certain amount of money for a certain amount of space. And that space, the program is given to you. It is all divided out into this many classrooms, this much space for administration. So there's not really a programming exercise that we typically wow. go through. It's all designed by the government. Kind of. But we were creative. And by we, I mean the firm had a way of looking at things. Craig and um, Dave Cheatham and Graham Ledbeater, the people who were really into the schools at that firm, had a different way of looking at things. They're like, here's a pool of space. Um, this much of it is instructional. This much of it is non-instructional. Uh, instructional. What if we pull it all together and look at it a different way? What if we look at 21st century century learning spaces and how we can create instructional spaces that are flexible and all the things that 
our learner focus, the third teacher, all of those sorts of things coming into play in the way we design schools. And I just, I fell in love with the creativity and the wonder of it and the possibility of it. As um, one of those kids in school that didn't have a problem with the standard deliver teaching sort of methodology, but for some students that just doesn't work. And so I could see the merit of learner-focused education versus teacher-focused or stand and deliver. And it just became really fascinating to me to see how the whole thing could play out in and the architecture, the physical environment, support this educational pedagogy. It was amazing. So I just fell in love with it and I haven't turned back since. I, just, I continue to try to push and seek better solutions from all all of the clients in all school boards, in all schools that I work on. And sometimes you have the ability to find more flexibility and more interest in a different learner fo focused pedagogy than other school divisions. Some are more traditional, some are not. So it's just kind of the wonder of the whole, where are we gonna land and what is this gonna look like? And how much farther can we push the, the system along the continuum? It's really exciting for me. I mean, every time you talk, you always, you bring up your schoolwork, which is, I mean, that says that you mm -hmm. like what you do. And I think that's really important. People, you should be out yeah. there, take a, take a page out of Darlene's book and follow your passion and, and be engaged with what you love to do. It's funny. My, uh, my husband, my husband and I have been married for, we never remember, I think 14 years, <laughs> but we've been together. We've been together since my daughter was two or three and so he's adopted her and it's funny in so many ways she is more like him than she is me um she's very business oriented she just has a different way of looking at things but she is also very creative some ways she's like me but she will not be an architect yeah that's lovely my daughter who grew up on the prairies in alberta is a surfer <laughs> <laughs> i love it very unexpected. I think she would like Scrum. She's very organized. When her and I are stressed out, this is one thing we're very similar about. When we're both really stressed out, we take a junk drawer or a junk room, or for me, it was the whole office, and we organize it, and then we feel better. My oh God, that's another thing, Darlene, you and I have in common. Yeah. So I've li listened to your podcast, quite a few of them, but I have not heard how you became the lean person that you are and also the scrum master. I've heard lots of little bits like you've experienced what it feels like to not be respected. You've experienced construction literally from the ground up. Yeah, this is the part of the show where you get to ask me questions. So my parents said to me in high school, they said, hey, when you graduate from high school, you could come work with us in the factory. And I was like, not because it's a factory, but because I just couldn't go work for them. <laughs> Because I'd worked for my dad as a kid, right. and uh, my dad said to the people we were working with, he's like, no one is going to accuse me of having favoritism on my son. So I had to work like 10, and my dad worked me 10 times harder than yes, anybody else. Yes, he did. And then so I, I was like, man, I just, that's just not for me. Like, I need to find my own way. And a friend of uh -huh. mine, just by chance, Darlene, a friend of mine, his name was Jason, a fellow electrical engineer, says, hey you're kind of not like all the other engineers. You, you kind of run your mouth. You're a Pisces for starters. For starters. Yeah. It's like, and he and yeah. specifically said, you run your mouth a lot. You like to talk. He's like, why don't you tour the site with me and see what you think if you want to consider construction? And I was like, construction hires engineers. 
Like I, I didn't even think about that. Like I had been studying like cell phone technology, um, all kinds of other systems, pro, a lot of computer programming. And so I toured the site and I said, man, this is incredible. I said, how long is this building going to last that you're building? And he's like, this is designed for 50 years. And I was like, what? 50 years. That's amazing. Like, and we were looking at cell phones that were getting replaced at that time every two years. And now people right. replace cell phones like every six months. And so mm -hmm. I, I changed majors and uh, started interning. One of my first internships where I got to actually do construction was for a wastewater treatment plant. And oh, I, good times. I, but I was like, man, this construction is fascinating. And, and the, the stuff there, everything was just gigantic scale like 60 foot mm -hmm. diameter piping, you know, underground structures yes. that are, you know, more than a hundred feet below ground. Like we, I got to go in some super deep tunnels, a lot of cool stuff. And I just said, this is, this is it. This is, this is yeah. it for me. Like I'm, I'm hooked. And so I get out of school and I, I start working for a general contractor. So I'm going to so check this out. I'm an electrical engineer trained in engineering. And they're like, you're going to sit down at this desk and you're just going to do data entry for 10 hours a day. What type of waste is that? That's non-utilized talent. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And that's a little bit of that is the hazing and just getting you in. Like it's work that needed to be done. At the wastewater treatment plant, did you see a muffin master? I did not. Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is. Well, I'll let you look it up after. A muffin master. Never. And it's amazing the things that get into the system when you get into stormwater and stuff, if there's a mix of that, like the trees, yeah. I had a, I had, Oh, you have a, some was, wastewater treatment experience. I, well, there's an IPD happening. Dion Wilner is working on it in Lloyd Minster, which is a city that is on in two provinces. It's half in Alberta and half in Saskatchewan. And they wow. have an 80 or a hundred million dollar, um, wastewater treatment plant upgrade that they needed to do. And it's IPD. And I nice. was there at the beginning with Dion talking to the client about why IPD is a good idea, even though this is infrastructure and not a vertical project, that IPD is going to help you. It is going to create all sorts of efficiencies in the design and how you develop the project and ultimately the construction, the timeline, the schedule, all of it. So I was there at the beginning and it's a very, very, very small wastewater treatment plant. Very small. They had one muffin master. One so, muffin master. Just one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but that's the first in Canada. I believe that one was the first IPD project that was, um, horizontal infrastructure. There you go. Another first, another Canadian first Canada leads the way. Good job. Canada Canada. Leads the way. So after you did these schools and you did the close out, well, that, where did you all, go from there? all of that stuff got me onto this path of continuous learning. And because I had had all, all right. this training in electrical engineering and I wasn't using it per se. I was using a lot of the concepts and some and the theory, but we're now doing something totally different. We're at the end of taking designs and bringing them to life. And eventually, Amazon said, hey, you've been reading all these books on Lean. Check out this red book. And Amazon suggested Scrum to me, and it just hit me at the exact right time, and I became a Scrum Master like the following Monday, practicing myself because my team wanted yeah. nothing to do with it. Then, <laughs> They're all like, okay, Felipe has lost his mind. Everybody like, just stay clear. Yeah, I even, I, I got so crazy, Darlene, that I've never said this on the podcast. I came into work on Sunday and yeah. I set up, a, I bought a whiteboard, my own money, and set it up yeah. in my office and created my scrum board 
And so that on Monday morning, I was going to hit the ground running with it and try, and I was going to try it. I was just going to experiment and see what happens for a week. And I found out in that first week, Darlene, I was losing like something north of 70% of my time sitting in meetings where I didn't really even talk that much. Yep. And then, so I started making little tweaks and changes and I kept, I kept at it on that job. And that was a hard bid job. That was a traditional design bid, hard bid, lowest bidder wins and then construct. And those uh, are great. Oh, it was amazing. Those are some of my favorite projects. Like people, (laughs) people like want to harp against, I was just talking about this with a superintendent of mine uh, here in Vegas. I'm not in Vegas now, but we were in Vegas and he was telling me like how much he misses the hard bids. And I was like, yeah, man, you could do a lot of innovative, creative stuff on a hard bid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I quote the Red Book when Sutherland mentions that the Gantt charts were invented for World War One, something yep. or other, and that they're still being used today. And the moment you make a Gantt chart, it's wrong, inevitably. But yep. yeah, I use that with people. I'm like, oh, look at this, a Gantt chart. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I tell people, too, like when Henry Gantt invented the Gantt chart for the military, the military was investing six months to sometimes two years on training the supply chain. So when they when they created those those lines on the piece of paper and they're like this thing's going to take this long they kind of had a little more certainty because the representations were based on actual rates of production with a highly trained military highly mm-hmm. trained and then when when construction went to adopt that we never had a highly trained construction force to the mm-hmm. same manner. We have a ton of variation. And and the every Gantt chart ever made doesn't account for that variation. Nope. Uh, that's why every schedule just slides to the right and things come in later. I mean, even now in 2021, the vast majority of projects are late worldwide. It's not a specific to North America. It's worldwide. Yeah. There's a conference. Well, what's the success rate on construction projects these days for uh, successful handoffs and and uh, meeting schedule, is it like 52% or 48 to 52%? It's a coin flip. Yeah. The likelihood of a, a scheduled activity being completed as forecasted has a 48 to 52% chance of actually meeting what it said it's going to do. As I, and some of the people looking at this, Darlene, they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's 2021. You're telling me that two years from now on Friday the 13th, you're going to be hanging casework on the second floor? Doubt it. And I even no, have a, there's not. a video on my YouTube channel, darling, that you should watch. It talks about breaking an agile myth. You actually plan more when you're adopting an agile mindset, not less. Yeah, I get turned on to Scrum. I study. I go and get certified as a Scrum Master with Jeff Sutherland. And Jeff says to me, he's like, you're the first construction person ever that I know of to come into this. And I said, come on. he did. And I said, Jeff, you're a pioneer. I said, I won't be the last. So if you were the first person in construction that Sutherland saw, did you create the lean movement in construction? No, no, no. The, the, lean, lean, the lean movement in construction was started uh, in no, the 90s. No, scrum movement in construction. I'm, I'm one of the early ones. I, I don't, as far as I can tell, I might, I might actually be the first one. Like, so in 20, 2020, Scrum Inc. contacted me and they said, hey, we've noticed that uh, we're talking to some people in Europe and they're mentioning you and like you're in America, <laughs> like, and you work an American construction company and we start, the more people we talk to about this, the more your name comes up. 
I was like, they're, tra- they're contact tracing and it all comes back to you. Exactly. It's like you're the, a, a agile pandemic. It's like uh, I tell people like it's, it spreads around and I do, I do it my does. best to spread it around and it's just uh, continues to grow. Like, I was speaking in Paris this week virtually, Darlene. And it had if there, if there wasn't a en pandemic. Je m'appelle Philippe, oui. <laughs> and that's it. Nice. You know more French than I know Spanish, so that's good. That's about it. And so the the people, the organizers in France, they have a an agile company. It's bricks. And they have this like agile BIM meetup group. And they were saying, like, even they contacted me because they said every time we were looking in to see where is this happening outside of us or bringing it to architecture. And like, you're a prolific writer about this and you've got all this content. Like, clearly, you've got some experience with this. And I was like, I do. I was like, it helped me a ton. And I want to be able to help other people as well that want help. And they want to have some more freedom themselves. And Jeff has been amazing and, and gracious to, to mentor me, you know, make sure that I've got what I need so that I can keep innovating and going in that direction. You have many more gifts than that as well, Felipe. I do. So not only are you influencing others and spreading the word about Agile, but you do it in a way that also makes it fun because we have so much in our lives that is stressful and hard and difficult and requires so much so much energy but having fun should not require any energy and having fun is something that fuels us and felipe when i speak with you i have fun when we're talking about anything doesn't matter what it is or when we're in a a, um when i was in your scrum course we had fun you have sound effects you have confetti which i love the confetti i made made sure that my trello board is confetti enabled as well and Fun, fun really fuels everything, I think, as well, because, you know, you can go to a, we've all been in that lecture where the teacher or the person drones on and on and it's not fun and you retain almost zero. But if you have a little energy in it, you're going to retain a lot more and you're going to learn. So you have more, you have so many gifts, Felipe, and I'm so excited that I have met you in the course of this amazing experiment that we call life. And it's just so great. I'm just so happy to have met you, Felipe. You're amazing. Yeah, we're going to work together forever, Darlene. I told you when we were talking before, it's like this Congress thing for LCI ain't going to be the last time we work together. Definitely not. There's going to be a lot more of the Felipe and Darlene show. Exactly. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yep. My last firm, because of the project we we were doing up there, which was the schools, and then immediately after that, we did um, two fire halls. Um, fire stations for the city of Red Deer. And so that immediately followed it. And that one was also IPD. So we were part of a study with the University of Minnesota. Um, Oh, that's not a Canadian, right? Minnesota. I I mean, it is a Canadian name. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we were part, there was, we were involved somehow in that study. And then also the uh, IPD guide book, which is fabulous. Um, Craig from uh, my office, my former boss, was also part of that, as was uh, Marku, Allison, and I believe Tim Coldwell from Shandos Construction. So oh. they were all part of that. Another shout out to Shandos. Shandos. I always say it wrong. It's Shandos. Shandos. This is like going to turn into a Shandos commercial. Or like, we just lose no, sh- Shandos like, Love Fest. So impactful. In Canada, they are very impactful and they have really help to spread it. And they've also done great work with it. There's other contractors up there doing it. I think 
um, PCL, Delnor, Clark, there's lots of construction, other construction companies up there doing it. They just kind of, I feel like Shandos just really has helped, helped clients to get over the fear of trying it because there's so much success that they can turn to and they've been so successful with whomever that they work with. And I like how you, you said even like yourself and, and Dion that have some experience, they don't even work at the same firm. You're going to talk to a client about why IPD would make sense for them. That is totally. just, that's a beautiful thing right there. That's a gift. Clients, uh, so everyone listening to this podcast, if you're thinking about IPD, contact Darlene. Her contact information yeah. will be included in the show notes down below. Right yeah. So, <laughs> so you can get a hold of her. You can hear from a, a designer's perspective why it is so much better than the, so, old, than the old way. Yeah. Like, Darlene, I'm with you. When I hear value engineering, I cringe because I know what that means. It means that work that, I mean, people spent days, weeks, months on is getting thrown away unnecessarily. If yeah. you just would have had some critical information in the beginning, all yeah. of that waste, all wasted human effort and talent just gone. So upset. And I think, I think that the way the system is set up here in many places, I'm not going to say here, the way the system is set up allows for that to happen by allowing for increased scope and increased cost based on somebody's new definition of what it should be. If you don't give them the more precise scope and more precise cost information early on, and you give the team, whoever it is, not free reign, but the ability to make certain decisions for you along the way, and then accept some of them, like, yes, you know, we will add a million dollars to the project because we didn't realize how much we really needed X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Right. So if you're accepting of that, you perpetuate the belief that value engineering helps out in some way and, and is a benefit. And I, I don't know how to change that myth except to experience it. Because like you said, not everybody learns by just having a lecture or experiencing learning in that way. Most of us learn by doing. And uh, I learn best by doing for sure, because usually I screw up really big and then I learn a really big lesson about something. So, <laughs> you know, and I feel like somehow along the way, value engineering has not been defined as a failure. If you have to value engineer, I feel like everybody has failed because nobody's winning when you value engineer. So if you're not designing to certain targets with, or constructing to certain targets and you don't have that precise information, how can you be successful? Well, I, you know, take a simple, simple, simple metaphor like making dinner. I call it supper because I'm from Canada and that's what we call it. Your task is to make dinner. But, so you make dinner, you serve dinner, turns out you didn't want seafood, you wanted something else. So you send everybody back to make dinner again, but you don't necessarily define what you want for dinner. You just want dinner. So you make dinner again. It comes out and turns out, no, you didn't want chicken either. So you go back and make dinner again. It's like, why? Why would we do this? Why wouldn't we just say, I'd like a hamburger, please? Be direct. Let's define these things. But, you know, it's, it's a failure on all of our parts if we go in that direction because... For myself, did I not ask the right questions to define the scope well enough? 
did we not, were we wishy-washy somewhere along the way? How do you have everybody be accountable to those definitions of success? And the only way I can see that happening is in a contract like IPD where everybody's on the same page and you're not, there's no subterfuge, there's no, you know, games at play. There's just everybody working together to have a successful product at the end. And I mean, it sounds like utopia and we're skipping through the, you know, wildflowers and stuff, but it's, it's a real thing. I've experienced it. And it's like, once you've experienced it, you don't want to go back. No, it's so clear. The definition of success is so clear and attainable. Who doesn't want that? So the only thing that meets my passion for IPD is building schools. So we still have that Felipe can still build schools. Yes. Yes. And you can still build relationships with people and meet wonderful people and have these great experiences and not be on IPD projects. It's just not as great. <laughs> That's right. You can, you can bring target value delivery with, I mean, a lot of parts of it to a traditional contract, even a CMAR. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm working with some contractors that I've actually done a few projects with and we're doing TVD. We're doing it. We've established our outcomes. We have uh, determined what each of the buckets are and we're working towards them and we're trying to be mindful of them along the way. So we're doing it. I think you're just creating a little slice of heaven in Arizona. <laughs> Maybe. So but I'm sure there's people on the other side that are no different than me when um, somebody said, we're going to do IPD. And I'm like, what do I have to learn now? <laughs> Guarantee that. All that happened. continuous learning. It's so hard. Thank you so much, Darlene, for coming on the show. You've been an absolute pleasure to have on the EBFC show. All the listeners out there, please give Darlene your support. Drop a review on the site and let us know what you think. <laughs> Or oh, on. yes. Feedback from the public. Just what we want. That's exactly <laughs> what we want. That's how we're going to iterate and continuously improve. So tell us, like, what parts of her accent did you find the most fascinating, eh? <laughs> right. I'm pretty confusing on my accent, though, because I like to assimilate. And so I just start, you know, speaking American here and there. I've, I like all y'all. That's my favorite. All y'all. Yeah. That's pluralized y'all. I can't even believe that that's a thing. It's amazing. I really use that That's a lot. time saver, right? Right? All y'all. It's a time saver, eh? <laughs> I don't even notice it, Felipe. It seems totally natural. Your name is actually Felipe. We. Oui. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show, Felipe. It's been amazing. And I enjoy your show. I learned so much from it. And I love the broad spectrum of people you have on here, even crazy Canadians. You need more. I have many suggestions. Absolutely. Let's make it happen. Very special thanks to my guest. I'm Felipe Engineer Manriquez. The EBFC show is created by Felipe and produced by a passion to build easier and better. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Let's go build.